Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And like I say every single week, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook and or Instagram. I'm at Strong in the Saddle. So for those of you who do follow me on Instagram or who have Listen to the cool down episodes on the podcast, you will know that I attended a three-day reining clinic last weekend put on by JP Forger. To say the least, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. It, I was so sad when I stepped off of diesel on that last day. I just did not want it to end. (laughs) I wanted every day to be like those three days, you know, hooking up my trailer, loading up my horse, getting to the arena, riding under the eye of a very experienced reining trainer, all the things. I loved being in rainer land for the weekend and I just didn't want it to end. But of course it couldn't last forever, had to go to work. Monday morning. (laughs) That being said, there are many things that I took away from that weekend that I'm going to carry with me going forward. And that's just kind of what I wanted to reflect on today. The cool down episodes where I reflected on each day gave some insight into the clinic, but I wanted to take the time to really sit down, collect my thoughts, and pull it all into a package that I can take with me going forward. Caveat before we go any further, just like I said in the cool down episodes, I'm going to say the exact same thing here. I am not going to go into specifics as far as the drills that JP taught us or anything like that. I paid money to attend that clinic for JP to teach me. And I think it's only fair to say that if you want to learn those things, you should be paying JP as well or some other reigning trainer. That's that's only fair, right? So if you have a problem with that, I don't really care. So after that weekend of riding, I would say that there were three general overarching takeaways. I need to ride more aggressive. Reining is exactly what I want to do. And horsemanship is key regardless of the discipline. So let's go through each one of those. The first one is that I need to ride more aggressive. As some of you may know, I keep a written riding log where I write down every single ride that I have on a horse. I usually write, it's the exact same format as the cool down episodes. So how long I rode, what my objective was, what activities we did, and any, you know, notes, what I'm grateful for, you know, things that I need to work on, any other pertinent information, and then just a closing statement. I did exactly that in my riding log for each of the three days of the clinic. 
And at the end of the third day, I was kind of dragging my heels leaving. So I was standing at my trailer with Diesel, just looking at my riding log. And I noticed something as I was flipping back through what I had written. On all three days, all three entries of my riding log, I had written something on all of them. Need to be more aggressive. Be more aggressive. You got to ride aggressive. (laughs) On the first day, I wrote it in regards to working on our stops. I need to work on riding my horse harder and faster into my stops so that, you know, he gets his butt into the ground and we slide a bit. On the second day, I wrote it in regards to rollbacks. You know, when you cue for that rollback and you're coming out of it, I really need to get my horse snappy and just like getting him to hustle out of there. You need to ride aggressive to do that. And then on the third day, I wrote it in regards to flying lead changes. So to get a change on diesel, I need to be very, very aggressive for my cue for that lead. Otherwise, he won't change. And I guess for diesel in general, he's more of a, he is a laid back gelding. So how aggressive I can be on him is going to be significantly more than, um, well, uh, JP even mentioned the mare he was riding. He said, you know, you could get on this mare and how you're currently riding would be fine on her because she's more sensitive. But for diesel, it's, I have to be more in his face and just get after it. And really, this was not new (laughs) information for me. For years at this point, unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit it, I've struggled with being, I'm just a very quiet and timid rider. And that's fine if you're just walking around or even lots of maneuvers at the trot. Like I can do all of that stuff, walk, trot, no problem. I can nail that stuff. I do it awesome. It's just when you get to those higher level maneuvers where there's more speed and athleticism involved where I need to be more aggressive. And it's popped up lately as I've started filming myself more and more. I see that, well, especially before JP's clinic, I would let Diesel lope really slow. So no wonder things aren't snappy. Like no wonder he feels lazy. Like it's because I've let him be that way. <laughs> I've never given Diesel a reason to like hustle his feet and do something athletic. The thing is, though, if I want to get good at this whole reining thing, I need to be aggressive. And I know that word sounds really I don't know, bad, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, some people might say, like, you don't want to be aggressive to your horse. Like, that's mean. It's like... No, the way I'm using the word aggressive is cueing him so he knows like, hey, this is what I want. It's very clear. And it's like, hey, if you don't do this, there's going to be consequences. So with all of this, one thing that JP said on the last day is that Diesel will make me a better rider. He will force me to get aggressive, and that in turn is going to make me a better rider. 
That was actually really good to hear. It can be discouraging to always hear someone telling you to be more aggressive, that, you know, you need to use your spur or you need to go faster. When you hear that all the time, it's just like, I know, I know. But to hear someone say, hey, you need to ride more aggressive. When you do become more aggressive, that's going to be when you're a better rider. Like it will make you a better rider. You know, so it's kind of like, hey, once you figure this out, like, that's going to be awesome. But until then, I don't think it's going to be easy. <laughs> I'm, I, I will have to push myself outside of my comfort zone, which is tough, especially when you ride alone. And I ride alone 100% of the time, you know, outside of going to a clinic. And I think that's where videoing myself is going to be even more important now and I really need to hold myself accountable for setting up my video camera. I did order a tripod this week so hopefully that'll be here soon but you know sometimes I'm just lazy like I literally bring my camera out there every single time and 99% of the time it does not get turned on but It's something I need to really work on and like criticize myself as bad as that sounds too. just like be honest with myself. Like, hey, are you riding aggressive in this video clip? No. Okay, we need to fix that. You know, it's I know what the problem is. So now I need to fix it. I just need to cowgirl up, kick my horse into gear. Giddy up. Here we go. (laughs) So that was the general concept number one from the clinic. General concept number two, raining is exactly what I want to do. I had, I guess it was a couple of times during the clinic. I just had a moment where it was like, I love raining. I love this stuff. Like working on spins or like even not even raining specific maneuvers, but like doing the things that are going to eventually build up to those reigning maneuvers. Like say I've been working on haunches in or working on just like getting his shoulder out of the way and stuff like, like just whatever, working on maneuvers, feeling a horse get their butt up underneath them and stopping. Like I love it all. And I totally nerded out during the clinic. I had my riding log, like I said, where I could write everything down. And then I would go home and just go through my log, see what I wrote, and then really think about what questions I needed to ask JP on the following day. Sometimes those questions weren't readily apparent. And I really had to think about what questions I should ask. Um, you know, I had access to a very experienced reining trainer for three days. I was not going to let that go to waste. And actually, to my surprise, I feel like no one else in the clinic really capitalized on it, at least not the way I did. Like, very often, I was the only one asking questions. I don't know. We'll just leave that there. So... And I also made sure to sit and listen while others were working their horses. You know, what they might be working on could be completely irrelevant to me at the moment. But you never know when 
you're going to be in a situation where that thing that JP taught that person will be just the thing that you need. So I sat, I listened, I learned, and I loved every second of it. I haven't felt this passionate about a sport in a very long time. I felt this way about barrel racing at one point in the past. You know, I I was. I loved barrel racing and was very passionate about it. But raining feels like an old pair of jeans. Like it feels like they were just made for me, you know? Raining feels like it's where I'm supposed to be. And I just love the sport, like what you're asked to do in the arena. I love the kind of horse it produces. So far, all the people I've met who are involved in the sport, all of them are just awesome people. And I just can't wait to dive in even more and really get to a place where I feel comfortable calling myself a rainer. Which I guess I should say, at the moment, I do not feel comfortable calling myself a rainer. Sure, like my bio on Instagram, it does say non-pro rainer, but you have no idea how many times I've thought about changing that. You know, I'm a person who tries to do raining maneuvers. I ride a raining bread horse. I'm not a rainer. At least that's what my brain tells me. At what point I will consider myself a rainer, I have no idea. But I'm going to do the work to get to a place where I do feel confident calling myself a rainer. Someone who rides raining horses. Someone who competes at raining shows. Someone who does raining. And I'm, I'm really excited to be that person. Um, yeah, so that was general concept number two is just Raining is exactly what I want to do. Just hanging out for three days, doing raining things with raining people is just ah, so good. The final thing that I wanted to touch on was about training and horsemanship. So as you guys know, if you've been following along, I've been watching a lot of dressage videos lately. The The idea behind that is if I can get my horse more responsive and really good at those dressage maneuvers, that is only going to serve to make him a better rainer. I've been watching a ton of videos on things like half pass, leg yielding, shoulder in, travers. And like the way I do them, I don't look like a dressage rider. Like as a rainer, I want my horse's head a bit lower And just because of the breed of horse that I ride, his head is naturally going to be lower. But, you know, the cues and everything are exactly the same. And the great thing about dressage, I have found, is that there are many resources that break down exactly how to execute a maneuver. Amelia Newcomb's YouTube channel specifically, I have found very helpful. She'll break down exactly like what your left rein should be doing, what your right rein should be doing, what your left leg should be doing, what your right leg should be doing, and where you should be putting your weight in your saddle. Breaking it down like that is all really, really helpful. And at JP's clinic, guess what were some of the things we worked on? 
We worked on leg yielding. We worked on half passing. He demonstrated maneuvers like haunches in. So, you know, regardless of whether you want to be a barrel racer, a rainer, a dressage rider, whatever else, all of those, what I call body control movements, or whatever you want to call them, they're critical. Your horse needs to move off of and otherwise respond to your aids in order to get anything done, whether that be turning a barrel or doing a spin. At the clinic, we found that Diesel wasn't responding to my legs when I asked for that flying lead change. The solution? I need to get us better at things like half pass. I need to get him really moving off my leg. I need him responsive and respectful of my leg. You have to remember that most things we do with our horses build off each other. Even just a simple lead departure requires shoulder control, hip control, roundness. If you don't get those basic things first, you're likely not going to have the greatest departures. It's it's no different than us humans going through school. You have to learn before you can run, learn to walk before you can run. You need to learn 2 plus 2 before you can do calculus. In the case of Diesel and I, again, we need to learn things like haunches in, shoulder in, leg yielding, half passing before we stand a chance at developing lead changes. It's slow work and lead changes do seem really far away for us, but that is how horsemanship and training goes. You build on things one at a time. Luckily, Diesel is super smart and catches on to things very, very fast. It doesn't take long for him to, you know, from the time I introduce something to the time we have it good to go, no time at all. So that's, yeah, that's the last little concept I noticed. So what did I say? I need to be more aggressive. I, reining is exactly what I want to do. And horsemanship, horsemanship really matters. So just my overall assessment of the clinic, I really, as I said, I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing it. I really, really liked this clinic. Uh, I really liked how JP structured everything. So we were split into two groups. There was a morning group and an afternoon group. I rode in the morning group with three other women. Um, but despite riding with three other people, we all got individual one-on-one time with JP. JP would introduce a concept and then we would each get a turn trying it out. And that was really good because, you know, I've been to clinics before where the clinician might introduce a concept and then have everyone do it at the exact same time. But then you're not getting that one-on-one. This was great because You each got your turn to do whatever it is we were working on. Then you could take a break, regroup. You could watch others and, you know, maybe there's things that they did or didn't do that you can try yourself. I don't think I've ever 
been to a clinic like that. Like I was trying to think of, I went to a few different barrel racing clinics and I don't, I don't think they were set up like that either. So this was unique and I really liked that format. And I also really liked how JP just approached the clinic right off the bat. He said he wasn't going to tell us what we're going to learn, which fair enough as a clinician, I feel like you want to tailor the clinic as much as you can to the participants. So coming there with a pre prepared agenda, that's not going to serve your, your clinic students as best as you could. Right. So instead he wanted us to tell him what we were going to work on. And yeah, like that's perfect because like, not everyone wants to work on the same thing. Not everyone needs to work on the same thing. Um, with Diesel and I, because we are so new and Diesel isn't finished, we could have benefited from pretty much anything JP wanted to work on. But it was really, really nice to just have that input as well. Um, you know, like, for instance, I think it was day two or it might have been day three. I Day three. It was day three, I think. I had mentioned that Diesel tends to pop his right shoulder out when we're loping circles. So we're like, okay, let's go fix that very specific thing. Perfect. Um, on days two and three, he asked us what questions we had from the day before, which, like I said earlier, that really forced me to think about things the evening after um, to just come up with some questions for JP. Um, he also asked us questions during our rides as well. So like we would do something, we would stop. He's like, okay, any questions on what we just did? Sometimes there was, sometimes there wasn't, you know, sometimes when you're in the moment, it's like, I need to sit on this for a bit before I come up with a question. Other times it's like, while you're doing the thing, you're like, oh, I have a question, question, question. Stop so I don't forget all these questions. <laughs> but yeah, that was really, really good. As an instructor, as a clinician, JP, I found was awesome. He could explain things in a way that makes sense, at least made sense to me anyways. I know lots of people can't do that. They might be able to ride a horse like nobody's business, but when it comes to teaching and communicating that, they're not very good. It might, you know, for a lot of people who are good at their craft, they just know how to do it. And it involves no thought or very little thought on their part. And, you know, if you ask them how they do something, they might just say, well, you just, you just do it. You just do the thing. Which, if you're trying to learn, that is not a helpful explanation at all. JP, fortunately, is a awesome rider, you know, has had success in the show pen, and he's able to explain things, which that is the perfect, perfect storm for an effective clinician. And I feel very fortunate to have someone like that so close to where I live. Um, which I guess I should lead into, I have reached out to JP again, I think it was the Monday, the day after the clinic finished, I messaged him and said, Hey, I want to start taking regular lessons with you. 
So he is busy at the moment, but he said come late September, he'll probably have a spot open. And yeah, hopefully, assuming all things go as planned, I'll start taking ongoing lessons with JP, which I think that'll be awesome. Because then it's like super one-on-one and just like recurring. You can really get some momentum going when you start taking ongoing lessons. I haven't taken lessons like like ongoing or at all since maybe 2010. And those were barrel racing specific lessons. And there there is nothing like a lesson to get you improving very fast. Um, that's one thing about riding alone. It's a slow very slow process what that goes back to videoing I can be eyes on myself in the time being so between the clinic here and the time that I start lessons my goal is to really implement with what JP taught during the clinic and see how much we can improve prior to starting lessons um I don't want to put too much pressure on myself, but I do want to put pressure on myself to really make this work. Um, so yeah, that is very exciting. I really enjoyed the clinic. I definitely recommend JP if you're into reining or just, you know, general riding. Uh, I think he works with a few barrel racers as well. He's definitely a good resource. He is located... He trains out of the Spur West Event Center, which is in Alhambra here in central Alberta. Um, but he travels around quite a bit giving clinics and stuff too. But yeah, if you're definitely looking for a clinician or a trainer or whatever, I know he is busy, but highly, highly recommend. And I would 100% go to one of his clinics again. But like I said, I'm going to start taking lessons, which I think is even better. So very excited. And that was just my two cents on the clinic. If you guys have any questions about my clinic experience or anything like that, please feel free to reach out. Probably the best place is just through messenger on Instagram through DMS. And yeah, I'm going to continue releasing cool down episodes. I've so far released them every time I've rode since I started posting them, which ends up being like six podcasts a week on top of this one, which I've actually really enjoyed the cool down episodes. So if you haven't listened to one of those yet, I definitely suggest you go listen to those. And yeah, that is it for this week's episode. Until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.